तो हेलो एवरीवन वेलकम बैक टू योर फेवरेट पॉडकास्ट दैट इज ब्रेन रोस्ट विद डॉक्टर एच पी एम टुडे आई हैव अ वेरी स्पेशल गेस्ट विथ मी डॉक्टर अलमास फातमा ही इज प्रैक्टिकली जनरल फिजिशियन एज वेल एज अटली हेल्थ कंसल्टेंट बट प्राइमरली फोकस ऑन फैमिली मेडिसिन If I want to briefly introduce to all of you, uh, Dr. Fatma completed her uh, MBBS medical schooling from Karnataka, that is uh, from the Rajiv Gandhi University of Health Sciences. She finished it in 2015. Kept on upskilling with lot of uh, online and offline courses. Currently, she is uh, pursuing a post-graduation degree in digital health medicine and healthcare from uh, one of the premier institutes of the country, that is IIM Raipur. Uh, additionally with the post covid world uh, she's into lot of uh, telehealth and we'll discussing further so uh, i will not uh, take much time so hi dr apatma hi dr mishra thank you so much for having me on your podcast yeah it's absolutely my pleasure and uh, a great thing to host uh, a personality like you uh, so uh, guys uh, the topic of this podcast is very simple that we want to discuss that how the life of a family physician and telehealth consultant looks like i understand that a lot of you have listened the term family physician we all have uh, you can say seen somebody in and around us as a general physician but here we want to touch the life of how dr fatma looks and uh, also addition to that is the recent telemedicine boom we want to understand how a telehealth consultant works right so uh, moving further dr fatma can you tell us that you finished your schooling back in 2009 2010 right from yeah. dav school then yeah. why you chose exactly medicine what uh, driven you for that any passion uh, or anything yeah so i think this happened in the year 1998 so there was this incident which happened which i think kind of stayed subconsciously in my mind and at that point i knew maybe i want to take up uh, medicine as a career but yes i would often fluctuate between medicine teaching and different things anything which wouldn't involve math and physics so uh, in the year 1998 my brother had developed meningitis and we were in saudi at that time and luckily for us we had best of healthcare there and i saw the way the doctors took care of my brother and every possible you know things that could be done for him and he was in the hospital i think for 60 days and thankfully he recovered well and he didn't go into coma there were so many things that could have gone wrong and that was the moment where i realized looking at those doctors the way they worked towards his betterment that i want to do something in medicine great so great. that was Actually, the turning point so we can say that uh, 12 years uh, you stick to it and finally you joined uh, mbbs right yeah and the funny part is i was the only student in my school who did not take tcmb i knew that i don't want an option i took up physics chemistry bio i didn't have math okay. as the option it was okay. physics chemistry bio and physical education i was okay. the only one everyone in my school would say that you're crazy because mm-hmm. you know back then people would have both the options open okay. medicine okay. and engineering yeah, i was yeah. like no i know i'm doing medicine i know that Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if I remind about my career journey, I still remember I took PCMB. The reason was I wanted to show to everyone that I want to do medicine, but it's not like that. I can't do engineering, or I'm not bad in math. That's why I am taking medicine. So luckily, I cracked both IDJ and got into uh, Delhi Med School. So that's perfectly fine. I know that wow, everybody has their great. own story. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. Look, my point was proving others that yeah. it's not like that. I don't. I'm good at something. That's why I'm opting it. It's like that. I'm good uh-huh. at both, but let's talk. No, no. It's people, absolutely. Yeah, people yeah. have this notion that uh, those who take up medicine are usually bad at maths, so yeah. they yeah. all they yeah. know is biology. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So moving further, you joined uh, MBBS in 2010, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, followed up uh, till 2016 with uh, ending your residency. So how was exactly your life in MBBS? If I talk about academics, interest in co-curricular activities. any specific <laughs> memories yeah uh i first thing is like medicine medical college is definitely nothing like what they show in dramas honestly Agreed. it's, it's Agreed. literally a roller coaster ride of 
a struggle hard work uncertainty and god knows what not so um, my first year was honestly bad terrible really really sad but then um, by the time i entered second year i eventually understood how things work in medical college uh, i learned how to schedule my own uh, you know study hours managing uh, ho- you know hospital internships college mm-hmm. timings then eventually adjusting to your peers making friends i think by the time you know second year is how you make you know friends a proper group of friends mm-hmm. so yeah and then eventually things went great and my best time into the entire medical uh, year was internship i loved internship and uh, co curricular i think i was you know in literally everything whatever was there okay. any tried everything yeah tried everything i was the cr of my batch any events anything and i was given the title of miss social of my batch because <laughs> talking with everyone being on yeah, social yeah. media so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah little bit uh, i will not say extrovert exactly but uh, you're good at communication and people uh management and everything yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. and i hope this is helping a lot now in your current uh, job roles and everything right i cannot tell you trust me when uh, during our convocation when i was given the title of miss social at that point i was you know in that mixed zone that uh, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing am i being made fun of but honestly at current stage of my career i realized that you know social media holds such a great power if used in for a good you know mm-hmm. good purpose at a good extent yeah, yeah especially if you can target particular social media matlab there there matlab you can go uh, having a hit on a twitter and as well as on insta as well as on linkedin and also yeah. in fb and other stuff but nowadays if you are good at something and you can target one media then you can make a hell out of it right True. so True. yeah perfectly fine uh, moving further uh, you finished your mbbas and internship in 2016 post that uh, how was post mbbs like for the next 2 to 3 years so post mbbs first of all honestly i was very very sad first of all because my hostel life ended no friends back here in mumbai i was upset for i think good 3 to 4 months i couldn't you know accept the fact and then you know suddenly you feel like you're nothing you see your friends you know working in hospitals or preparing for uh, pg joining neat classes and all those things and i was just lost completely i, I speak about myself i was lost i didn't know what to do and okay. i was forced to give neat that year mm-hmm. i did give i was not interested in uh, doing post graduation by then uh you know i would say it it completely post mbbs you know it depends how you approach yourself what is your approach towards life because it could get, go either way that it's not like a cake walk it's, it's really not the best phase post mbbs it's like the gloomiest part of your life where you know there is so much of uncertainty coming your way it kind of overpowers you but then you know it could be your most constructive phase also where you learn you grow and uh, after a couple of months i realized i i would you know search things what could be done other things that you know i could learn and you know enhance my career and that is when i came across distance learning courses along with internship so accreditation matters a lot and that is when i took up famed i joined diabetes uh, certification course and all these things so yeah Mm, yeah yeah absolutely one thing i can definitely say for dr fatma is that she is very good uh, at trying new things very agile uh, it does not matter how much expert you become in a new field but uh, the kind of learning attitude you show right that is a you can say a great uh, developer of the thing yep moving further uh, on a longer run right you finished your internship in 2016 currently we are in 2023 so it's like Eight audios, right? Briefly, seven mm-hmm. to eight audios. So, how mm-hmm. the journey into family medicine happened? Why family so, medicine exactly? Yeah. So during my internship, I I didn't take a single day leave. I loved every single department, and I was good at everything. Really, not boasting, but I was good at everything. But okay. somewhere, you know, down the lane, community medicine and internal medicine uh, caught my interest. and uh-huh. i think the reason was because you know they encompass so many things you see 
every different different kind of patients you know and then you refer them to uh, different specialists mm-hmm. and then but then i knew that i don't want to get into md or ms or anything like that and um post internship i knew what kind of doctor i want to be and by that i don't mean ki you know working so and so many hours earning this much that was not my aim i knew mm-hmm. what doctor i want to be by that i mean if i was a patient or you know during my childhood days what kind of doctor i wanted someone who would give me time who would listen to me who would explain me things so i knew that is what i want and i am that kind of a person you know who cannot stick to one thing and getting into specialization means if i'm a gynecologist i just get to see those set of patients i cannot live like that yeah. i need to you know see different things learn different things it just makes things so much more you know exciting you have so many new things to uh, you know anticipate for the next day or the upcoming day so yeah that is when i decided you know family medicine is for me I, you get to see all kind of patient different age groups different types dermatology it could be gynec it could be acute medicine it could be something related to surgery and of course you don't get to do surgery you refer them but still you get first hands on uh, you are the first your know, point of contact for them and you get to interact with them and building that uh, level that level of trust and communicating with them that is what i really love explaining them educating them i i'm not that kind of a doctor you come to me i'll take 5 minutes and write down a prescription i'll be like yeah yeah you know take this odbd and then come back after 5 days get this test done see you tata bye bye no i like to talk i want to know uh, what where did it start how can i prevent it so that this patient doesn't get this issue later again there's so many things which start at you know the root level base level nobody has time for you know managing things these days yeah, such yeah, a yeah. busy life Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and definitely I will not like to add something to it because uh, Dr. Fatma has uh, put a lot of efforts to summing it up but it just reminds me of one thing that uh, currently every doctor when get specialized they are seeing uh, not a patient they are seeing a organ to be very specific hmm. or a, or a, or a particular part of body right yeah. they don't care about other things uh, whereas a GP or a family medicine a uh, person cares about patient as a whole and secondly everybody is now doing behind doing something as a clinician or a physician that i want to do a certain procedure right mm-hmm. uh, nobody is concerned that what will happen as the end result or the outcome of the procedure so so symptomatic management and a lot of things are going on but definitely i can speak that the way you are thinking and the way uh, corporate startups are coming up which are planning to have patients of holistic care the future is a lot bright for people like you and all those who are into holistic uh, care right okay yeah yeah absolutely no no life is like that we have to be optimistic but yeah the yeah. trend goes in that direction right okay yeah. moving further uh, can you tell me about uh, five pros and cons as a family medicine uh, specialist or a practitioner because um, life is like that right we don't have uh, a rose without uh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay five would be i think quite a lot but yeah, there are certain things that i <laughs> feel so if you talk about cons i would say that first of all you know somewhere you feel very undervalued both by your medical professional and by the general public They're like mm-hmm. what's a gp what is mm-hmm. because they usually ask you if i introduce someone i'm a doctor mm-hmm. with specialist mm-hmm. what do you do mm-hmm. who do you see that that, that is their question like if you tell mm-hmm. a gp like oh, okay okay a gp mm-hmm. you know, somewhere you know there's there's this identity crisis also that you face that mm-hmm. i feel that is also one of the reasons uh most of the doctors you know under pressure go ahead and take up specializations and sub specializations because they're like uh, what am i going to intro- how am i going to un- introduce myself as a gp just as an mbbs Mm-hmm. there is this thing that i there is a there is a yeah there is a fomo thing. there is a fomo yeah. so called called plain mbbs right yes yes right simple right. mbbs or only mbbs 
Only yeah. in BBS, they will react like that. So, <laughs> but 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 I can bet on one thing. Going down the line, this is going to be a big change in which as mm-hmm. the district hospitals and new medical colleges are coming up, maybe the seats will be huge. It, it will not matter that much. It will matter that how good a clinician you are in the day. Because personally, Dr. Fatma, I believe that uh, a lot of uh, procedures or practices does not require a specialized license for that. For example, exactly. if you work if you work under someone for six months, you can do a lot of procedures, and for which your MBBS degree legally also allows you to do that. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I'm not saying you will do a IB a IVF without a OBG degree, uh, yeah. or, or perform a, say a vascular surgery without MS surgery. But brief, uh, you can say small surgeries, small procedures, a lot of medical diagnosis and treatment, which an internal uh, medicine specialist is doing, can be done by a GP if he or she is well thorough with that, right? Exactly, and that's the reason internship is so important. You need Definitely. to be so thorough through your internship. You have to be so disciplined throughout that. because not everything is going to re- require you know surgeries or you know i'm not saying that super specialists are not important they are but then you know at the end of the day not every patient is uh, going to yeah. visit them yeah. there are so many things at the root level so that's that's important mm-hmm. um uh, so talking about cons i think um, you know there is less pay <laughs> Yeah, Honestly, yeah. you're not mm-hmm. paid well enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, it depends. You know, you can work on that if you have your own clinic, and then you're working with multiple, um, you know, maybe uh, hospitals or different clinics or startups. Yeah, you can, you know, somewhere work on that. But then still, you're not paid as much as you know the MD doctors or someone who's done specialization. Mm-hmm. Uh, and another thing is somewhere you know you feel you don't know much because you need to know little about everything, every ailment because mm-hmm. it's it's such a vast ocean of uh, different kind of diseases and disorders. So somewhere you might feel that oh you know I'm not so sure about this and that. But having said that, I personally feel. Uh, cons can still be worked upon you know as i said about the uh, finances you can work upon it if it comes to your knowledge keep updating yourself but you need to attend cmes and all and uh, when it comes to identity crisis and feeling low see it entirely depends how well you put yourself out there okay so you can work upon that and pros it's, it's just so much pros like i can't go on about it no five uh, pros will be fine for our audience <laughs> to get a boost up after listening to the two three cons yeah see the relationship that you maintain with the patient i think most of the doctors just undermine this quality in today's time but trust me the relationship you build with your patient can lay such a strong background for your own confidence for the you know kind of patients that come to you again and then you'll have these patients returning back to you it just makes your work so much like it's not just happy you won't even feel like you're working you know it just becomes so much fun hmm. and then you have so as i said i am repeatedly saying this there's so much varied options to work with yeah you, you don't so get bored yeah you don't get bored exactly and then the best thing is work life balance trust Thank me you. the work life balance is, is amazing awesome. <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah. awesome and and the current generation is looking for that right well the older generation was that uh, they will make hell of money till their 50s and then they will think they will enjoy it but the current generation is like that we want to live our life daily basis right we yeah. want to ch- we want to work but after our shifts nobody should disturb us we should have uh, our own party we should meditate we should have our yeah, own cricket care. match shows yeah <laughs> so me time is very important nowadays and uh, adding to it uh, regarding what uh, dr fatma told about uh, identity crisis uh, just i will brief up uh, for the audience see for example uh, i did my residency md training uh, in clinical pharmacology so being a pharmaceutical physician a lot of time people also ask me dr hara what kind of patients do you see and uh, but i personally think that making an impact that really matters it does not matters that quality it does not matters the quantity of impact it actually matters that how do you feel it for example if i develop a vaccine and say one crore patients are using it i know that every patient will not know that dr hara is in the team right but they will know that somebody made it at least but simply for example dr fatma made a change in somebody's life and that patient is now having a better quality of life 
so that level of satisfaction comes in and i personally feel it's the perception of that person that how he or she handles the identity kind of thing right yes. dr fatima honestly i had that you know i think uh, last 20 i think till 2020 2021 when people would ask me what do you do uh, what is your specialization i really felt bad like oh my god i just have to say that no i'm just a gp i felt that but then slowly as i started building my resume mm-hmm. the work i started to put out then i re- and you know the feedback from patients that yeah. was so motivating a lot of time they will say ki you are you are better than a specialist or a super specialist a lot of true. time that kind of comment will come yeah so i cannot tell you the the way you can impact someone's life with just yeah. one consult or 5 minutes of chit chat mm-hmm. it's amazing that's how yeah, i build my confidence a lot yeah yeah and, and uh, mm-hmm. please go on please yeah so uh, as you were asking about pros of family medicine as even not like as he said plain mbbs you have many options these days which i think i was not aware during my internship or post mbbs days that there is i think medical reviewer and like so many things are there you can work into aesthetics employee health there is academics there is direct care to now these days we have home care option so there is unlimited option you can work as depending what you want from life yeah you absolutely. have multiple options as a family physician a gp you know there's so many things mm-hmm. and personally i can think and vouch for one thing that if somebody is aiming to be a gp then it's nothing wrong in that and i can well uh, vouch for one another thing is that see being a specialist or super specialist will take six more years right you will mm-hmm. prepare for 2 3 years or you will serve the bond period so overly being a specialist unless and until you get into a delhi college or into a central institute at least in india it will take 5 to 6 years one mm-hmm. two years of preparation three years of residency and one two years or three years of bond period and if you plan for super speciality it might it add two or three more years right depending upon right. what kind of history. so i personally feel if a person is clear in his or her mind by the end of internship ki see i don't want a md ms tag but i want to be a gp i want a holistic care for the patient he or she can work for the next 4 5 years to establish a brand and then yeah. automatically there will be exponential growth which automatically will be comparable to a specialist person right you can't right. you can't have the results on the day one itself so have a little bit of patience this is a brief suggestion to all the medicals and uh, budding medicals or aspiring medical professionals looking out there and additionally uh, what dr fatima also focused guys is that a lot of time for example a patient comes with say some gi problem right you speak to that patient you solve it out and say you want to get a gi endoscopy done so that gi endoscopy part can be done by gastroenterologist but you take care of the rest na he or she will right. perform the gi endoscopy and you get the result but it does not matters that who performed the gi endoscopy it matters that who treated the patient as a whole right that might be that might be gluten sensitivity or that might be a claims a case of crohn's disease something like that so uh, it's a very booming thing though people are late to realize it but yes uh, moving further uh, dr fatima on a longer run you established your own clinic right alcura family clinic yes. uh, can you tell me about something about it how you thought about it uh, is it a online clinic or offline clinic the kind of funding the kind of response you are getting and any future plans linked to it yeah sure so alcura is my little baby and it just happened out of nowhere okay 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 alcura is your baby's name and no 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 alcura is my baby my teleclinic oh, okay 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 you've meant uh, yeah. it in that way okay okay yes yes a lot yes. of time so, people have a tendency <laughs> to name uh, like uh, their hospitals or yes. their clinic ियलाइज यू नो टाइम एंड 
discipline and dedication and during pandemic that was not possible so okay fine certain certain things happened and uh, during the uh, last year okay march 2022 i think 21 or 22 uh, i was at kashmir enjoying my vacation and i got a call uh, i someone from linkedin got my number and he called up he's a health tech it okay uh they have this uh, you know these people who give you online clinic platforms and they manage yeah, yeah, yeah. give me a call that is i care health heal okay i care health tech and they were like you know dr fatma we managed so and so things and you could start a clinic and i am there enjoying my vacation i'm like yeah yeah okay i'll come back to mumbai and i'll give you a call hmm. and i was not serious that time when i came back he said okay let me just give you a demo i saw the demo and i was like why am i not doing this okay and my husband was behind me okay that why don't you start your online clinic and i would keep saying that you know no that's not going to happen it's not so easy i somewhere feel you know we really underestimate ourselves and Absolutely. after the first demo uh, i was like okay yeah let's uh, get on board and i instantly said yes for a one year contract and uh, uh, Mr Sunil okay that's his name the CEO of I care he um he said okay doctor you need to uh, decide a clinic name and trust me there are people you know a post internship and all you actually have a dream if i have my hospital or the clinic i'll have this name that name but when i was doing my internship i was like you know what uh, you know actually during final year mbbs i'll just join a corporate i'll be in mumbai now i'll join a corporate and uh, yeah i'll just work in corporate but after 2 years of corporate i realized how things work but i never really thought about a name and uh, sunil uh, ji told me that you know uh, why don't we have a name with your initials almas fatma af and something with family so that you know it gives a brief uh, what kind of a doctor you are so it instantly happened uh, me and my husband decided on alcura which in latin means all and cura is care so okay. complete care So that's Alcura Family Clinic, and then I designed my own logo. I'm kind of a perfectionist, yeah. kind yeah, of yeah. a person. So yeah. AF, so okay. family be ho gaya almas fatma. That's how Alcura happened. And uh, and it is uh, a offline clinic or a fully online? No. So I am completely online. It's completely teleclinic as of now. It sounds absurd. Trust no, me. No, 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 no. It, it does not. It does not because I have my own clinic also uh, on library platform. So it does not sound. Yeah, yeah, please go. Yeah. So uh, I do get a lot of calls. Patients asking, "Doctor, your clinic is not here. You don't have your own like a personal clinic where we could come." But then I just tell them, "Not as of now. Uh, near future, of course, maybe after a couple of years, definitely I'll have a clinic. But then I'll of course distribute it into online and offline. Maybe a uh, mm. few hours for offline yeah, patients, yeah. and rest everything will be online. I do not plan to." switch to complete offline now that i am into telehealth and we know that that's something upcoming in future but um there are certain things when it comes to alcura the reason behind forming it and uh, if you go on my page it says best of care anytime anywhere i mean it when i have put that up on my website i really mean it and i don't have i don't stay very stringent to my timing sometimes patients give me a call and they are like doctor it's like 11:30 at night there was for example there was this patient who went for a movie she somehow developed some allergic reactions it was 11:30 she called me up and my clinic hours were closed for the online thing and then she was like uh, will you please take my consult because i have no way to go at this time i don't want to visit uh, you know big corporate hospital and i was like definitely for sure we did a video consult i prescribed her medications and by the next day morning she was feeling so much better and she thanked me and that is what i mean no matter where you are just with a click you have your doctor at your service with the best care for you and your family that is why i wanted alcura mm-hmm. and when i have patients Uh, uh-huh. like for example you come to me with maybe upper respiratory infection i'll give you a prescription and i tell you whatever my charges are that for the next 7 to 8 days you will get follow up from my end by that i mean when you are admitted in a hospital ipd may the doctor keeps coming for rounds right daily morning doctor will come and he'll assess 
that is when you are admitted in hospital but for me you are at home i am at my home i give you a prescription i message my patients twice a day how are you feeling how is your fever i take a follow up i just hmm. don't leave them because that is the care i want that is the reason i made this you get total care and i'll make changes accordingly just in case if you don't require certain medicines or maybe you know cough has become a, a dry now from wet to dry so we need to change the medicine i will send out those details via chat or audio and all those prescription through our any kind of online communication mm-hmm, mode mm-hmm. and that is the point of care that direct care that you are giving it creates so much different i just don't jot down a list of antibiotics a complete coverage and i send out the patient for next week and i'm like yeah yeah you'll be fine if you're not fine then you come back no that that never happens with my patient Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I got your point. And this is actually the patient will be looking at down the line, right? Because see, just to uh, give a perspective to the audience and also to make this conversation more uh, interesting. Uh, nowadays, every corporate uh, you work in, in any IT or a good corporate setup, you get a family insurance, health insurance, right? Which actually is of not much use because uh, it's generally covering a less amount, say three point five five lakhs or maximum ten lakhs, and a lot of exclusion criteria are there. right then people are doing what they are purchasing their own additional insurance also right so you go to meet any corporate uh, you can say working professional you will find two health insurance with them one provided by their employer and also they will have their own uh, insurance so similarly there will be like uh, people will be going to corporates no doubt about it due to some procedure or for some reimbursement purpose uh, to claim their insurance but yes they will need someone as a guiding voyeur and that's why i feel uh, the family medicine physicians or uh, gps who are more interactive and treat patients holistically will be uh, you can say booming uh, in terms of the career prospect uh, so any thoughts you want to add dr fatma on this no i i completely agree on what you said that that really is no no new phase of healthcare upcoming yeah yeah and uh, moving further uh, you told me about uh, and some data right ki you finished your internship in 2016 followed by a brief period of confusion and doubts that what to do next because you were clear that i will not go uh, for a traditional pathway that is for doing a residency program but uh, then then you moved and uh, you got into a married life also you established alcura and uh, now let's talk about the pandemic years the 2020 2021 period right 2020 started fading up and now since who said that covid is not a no more uh, emergency right so uh, let's talk about the journey with telemedicine because uh, see if i talk about telemedicine in india it is happening since ages for example the day mobile phones came up people used to text their doctor or some known one the doctors used to send a text message you take amoxiclab or you take this right so right. uh, next came of whatsapp then people started texting on whatsapp and also doctors started prescribing on whatsapp but we both know and also the people who are aware of this that this is not a right practice because it's nowhere regulated nothing is happening right. uh, and also keeping in mind uh, the diversity of population and uh, also the doctor patient ratio because a lot of time people say ki doctor patient ratio can be improved by increasing medical colleges i am totally against it because it does not matter you have 10000 doctor or 1 lakh doctors people will stay in the metros or in the top tier cities the reason being doctors also have families to feed and they also have children to send to schools right they can't right. live in villages uh, you gave them 1 lakh or 2 lakh per month but it will not matter they have to send their child to schools and everything so that's why i feel and down the line telemedicine is going to make a big impact and with the pandemic this got a huge push so can you tell me that how yes you establish alcura by default it's the telemedicine part but slowly and slowly you become a part of the mainstream right you did some courses you saw the guidelines the telemedicine society which was actually from the uh, colonels and people retired from the defense sector uh okay. because in government setup that is the defense sector was the only sector which was practicing telemedicine because by default they have to treat a patient and there is a base hospital there is a hospital in delhi they have to manage everything so telemedicine was a lot much structured in the defense sector compared to the government or the corporate 
so how can you briefly take us through that journey of telemedicine and how covid changes uh, and how you came across the guideline how you kept yourself updated and to just add to the last question to it abdm also coming into picture and recently we have that every doctor is having the mandatory just like every person is like having aadhar we have our unique health id also right as a right. third medical practice so i right. think question is little bit big but can you just uh, briefly run us through the whole journey uh, from 2020 and till total now 2023 so i was working with corporate setup when covid struck but then amidst all that i just realized somewhere a lot of stress and health issues started to occur and i was not really happy with how things were moving ahead professionally and i just realized i don't see myself working like this for the next couple of years and i just took a sad decision dropped it off and i was doing nothing for the next 40 45 days and trust me by then i did not know there is something called telehealth i i mean it i was not aware about it so my first uh, you could say encounter with telehealth was uh, as a freelancer i took up a job with one of the uh, startup organizations as you know the medical insurance doctor where you are supposed to take health check details of patients who have various insurance Yeah. So that is how it started, and uh, I was paid for a case. I did that, I think, for some thirty uh, days or something. And eventually, they themselves wanted me as full time, and they gave me another offer. There was another company which was being launched, a startup, uh, as a consultant, medical um, tele consultant, a doctor. So I took up that as a full time. That so that was my first full time job. and we, we it was typical either corporate or rural sector the a team would connect us with them and we were to guide them provided we were following telemedicine guidelines which were launched in march 2020 during when pandemic hit so that is how i entered telehealth and i realized that you know this is something i could see myself doing because the way we were able to care for covid patients you know there were patients in delhi big good societies they were not able to you know visit any doctor there was no medical help we have explained people how to use you know even basic pulse oximeters and um, oxygen masks and pumps how to be used on video calls so this is the difference tele medicine can create or tele health can create with you being in one state and the patient being in another state so that is one thing in a very you know brief manner if i can uh, yeah, speak yeah. during covid how tele health has helped us immensely it has helped every sector government corporate private practitioners everyone But, the amount of people you are able to reach out mm-hmm. the impact and the reach out in terms of both the quality and also the accessibility is a big plus point but then comes the next thing just like we discussed long time back uh, messages whatsapp emails prescription right this were mm-hmm. happening no proper guidelines was there uh, i still right. remember in 2020 uh, it was in the month of april may when the telemedicine society came up with a guideline that was also not approved by the government they came up with their own guidelines right yeah forward so uh, can you walk through us from that scenario to 3 years down the line when abdm and ndhm is there now we have uh, everything and every startup is being encouraged to implement the apis and softwares so that interoperability happens right there will be proper consent management uh, there will be proper health id so that quackery can be prevented proper monitoring proper legal protection acts also in place uh, so this this three years a lot of you can say changes happened uh, in the telemedicine practice and also how we think as a industry down the line I think yeah definitely lot of changes have happened even in the telemedicine guidelines also lot of changes have happened and I think it's going to keep happening they're going to keep developing it uh and abha that is the ayushman bharat health account the unique health id which is to be developed for patients also for doctors also for startups also for government institutes also 
that is of course because it's a unique id it, they have certain benefits regarding to public health programs also easy sign up and then easy accessibility of all the records and reports you know uh, nationwide i could say that is one thing secondly talking about the uh, accountability you know the privacy all these things have improved since 2020 up till now how every uh, different platform is getting certified even people are getting kind of you know aware about it so that is one thing the privacy rule regarding the transactions and as we uh, spoke about the unique identifying rules also that is one thing so yeah i'm sorry i just got lost among the questions <laughs> no, could no, you repeat no no it's completely fine actually <laughs> it is also very big big uh, to be very yeah uh, but uh, moving further uh, right uh, for example you have uh, gone through an mbba stage at that time if you remember you come from a non medical family a lot of time your relatives or your father's friend somebody will call have a second opinion or speak to you ki dr fatima this doctor told me this what should i do then also you speak something right to be hmm. frank that is also a telemedicine but at that time there was no label there was no regulation now yes. 2023 uh, there is a doctor sitting on the side of the video having a video consultation everything is being recorded there is a third party software there is also legal entity in place uh, liabilities and duties also responsibilities etiquettes ethics everything yes. right yes uh, uh, so it will be like a whole matlab uh, you can say a separate sector which will come out of it uh, on a longer run indeed definitely actually during 2020 that uh, i'm also a member of the telemedicine society of india so there was this thing that now as every doctor has a registration number at that time it was like by 23 24 every doctor will have a registration number to practice telemedicine also telehealth if you are you know you have that number you have cleared the exam maybe you'll have some basic exam for that only those doctors can practice both online and offline mode so that was that is still a thing which is you know uh, under work by the nmc and uh, tsi as of now but that is going to come up because i even now we see so many doctors who are not aware about the guidelines of telemedicine there are so many certain medications that you are not supposed to prescribe mm-hmm. there is a way of prescription to be sent out yeah. so all these things need to be followed up mm-hmm. and to just give a perspective to the audience dr fatma is talking about a lot of psychotropic drugs and drugs which have the abuse potential right Right. For example, uh, you take any uh, uh, drug for insomnia, sleeping tablets, and you overconsume them or abuse them. Uh, so a lot of things, and also refilling. Uh, that is also you take a prescription and you keep out using it for getting prescript uh, for drugs for next six months. That is not possible. So a lot of right. there. Uh, moving further, uh, Dr. Fatima, along with all these uh, ups and downs and a lot of achievements going on in your life. Uh, another big thing that you started doing is that you started working for uh, different small small startups which are over a period of time now making big names in their own sector for example kfetrfly yes. shift right if purposely yeah. i come from a pharmaceutical background so i am very much aspirational and interested towards what fitterfly and twin health are doing because diabetes is a very chronic disease and non communicable disease so reversal of diabetes and also as a gp uh, diabetes uh, being a diabetologist or practicing diabetes also has a got a bread and butter for you you want right. i'm trying to convey so uh, how the journey with these startups has been uh, how you exactly uh, push their boundaries make them understand that see uh, this needs to be done because end of the day any startup or you talk about any corporate it's only about profit because investors hmm. want profit right the day we are we are doctors also want profit but not at the cost of decreasing the quality of care or compromising anything in the kind of care we want to provide right so in so experience i have been very fortunate enough to have worked with different startup because every startup every organization is different it has something unique 
even you get to learn so uh, if i talk about fit of life fit of life is like a holistic care for diabetes specifically as yes, they do have programs for obesity weight loss yes yeah, so heart management also other sectors also dr man yeah. a lot of hysteria yeah so they are mainly into digital therapeutics where and you know you have they have this amazing app you know i really fell in love with the way their app is uh like you have to enter all your uh, uh, blood sugar levels of different timings you have a dietitian they have a physiotherapist they have this psychologist who's going to assess your mental status your sleep quality they have this entire schedule how it goes for the next one month three months you can book your appointment and there's so many things you know on the app like i could just like keep going on and on and i have seen changes because the first whenever i tie up with such uh, holistic care uh, programs i make sure the first person who takes up is someone from my family so that i know from both the ends how things work so for this one it was my mother in law she's still enrolled she has i think 20 more days to go so i see at the forefront you know how things are going on as a patient for her so i'm really impressed she has shown tremendous changes with her sugar levels also and uh, she has understood actually you know how important protein is how to manage your food the quantity how important exercise is and sleep is all these things because um as a doctor if you just tell your patients you know this is this and this is to be followed they don't really understand even she never understood now when she's got a insight to it because she's seeing the values right she jots down her meals she sees the values she sees the difference and then they realize so it's a first hand experience for them also mm-hmm. so i think that makes a great difference and from patient's perspective yeah. also no no Yeah, 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 I got your point, and uh, that's actually very important. That self-understanding, what app or what uh, organization you're working for, and nothing better can happen if you self-experiment, right? Yes, so, yes. Calling a family member and going through the all the benefits. Yeah. And what about anything you want to touch upon for care and shift? Yeah, so care is uh, the full-time organization I work with. They specifically work towards rural healthcare, and um, they reached out to me. Uh, I uh, instantly said yes to them because of the uh, plan they had. So they have a healthcare worker at the rural setup. So it's not so telemedicine works in various ways. One is where you directly connect to a patient, or the patient connects to you. But when you you talk about rural setup. you know that they are not that well educated they don't know much about technology that the people in the village can actually connect with a doctor so there care comes in and they have a healthcare worker or they have an anganwadi worker or you know in that a village or zila you have some ayurvedic doctor or a pharmacist and they have launched their app there they have a person and he or she connects they uh, upload the prescriptions and um, you know the tests and everything and that is how you can connect with them and they'll do all the tests and everything so i really love the fact that they have a healthcare worker on site so it becomes very easy for us to convey things and it makes things very easy i've not had a single um, appointment wherein you know things were bad or i was not able to communicate with the patient not not at all and we have had we conducted um a rural uh, camp in different villages in that uh, zila in uttar pradesh it was amazing it went so smooth we were able to uh, you know provide tertiary care to patients who really required it like they were patients with 700 blood sugar levels they required tertiary care and similarly with blood pressure and other things that was there they even uh, did a senior citizens um camp in um, rajasthan and that sector was of patients who were well educated you know staying in the ashiana society those were all well educated senior citizens but that was also so good you know having healthcare workers as a point of contact 
that is one thing i really like about them so i am attached with them as a full time consultant so i usually have patients from villages some healthcare worker connects and you know we we uh, have a appointment consult is done and then they come back to me with their reports or they'll just the person over there will upload it and then i can you know send out the final list of medicines everything is via app super smooth and uh, talking about shift shift is also like a holistic approach where they have nutritionist and physiotherapists on board for different things it could be antenatal postnatal liver disorders anything any chronic ailment and for shift i had my mom enroll she was the first patient she completed 3 months and i am not even kidding when i say this her reports just changed like you know in a blink of eye i would say and she has become so disciplined with her meals and super stoked with the team of shift mm-hmm. so i the, the reason i uh, uh, partnership with such platforms uh is because you know as a family doctor i have patients with chronic ailments i know for a fact i'll give them supplements i'll even tell them you know do's and don'ts but i know they're not going to follow so when i team up with such uh amazing platforms i give them uh you know that this is the platform i inform them that you know give a call to this patient explain it to them it entirely depends on the patient if they want to take it up or not but at least you know i know i've done from my side yeah. providing them uh door step care yeah yeah <laughs> and also i still remember uh, dr devi shetty who's a famous cardiac surgeon right yes narayan health yeah uh so one of his interviews so i have met him luckily but uh, he once told in one of the interview if a solution or if a instrument or a device or any treatment option is not accessible or affordable to the patient then for that patient that discovery is of no use for example a patient is say a tribal patient right he or she can't afford 200 rupees per day uh, then if we say you have a heart failure we can offer you heart transplant as a option then for him it is not no use right so similarly uh, just like the th- the kind of collaboration you people are making the family physician that is very important because end of the day uh, the patient needs to understand because by default the society thinks that uh, the healthcare professionals are looters right everything and, and and this is the only field in which people expect that they pay and they should get a result for example if i pay 400 rupees for my movie 3 hours i will not ask it back after right. if it is a bad show but if i spend 10000 rupees on my blood test and everything is fine still i regret that i spent 10000 and there was nothing positive coming out of it matlab after time i guy you should be happy that there is nothing wrong in your blood test right you should celebrate rather people are thinking that hey man i spent 10000 and nothing came out of it this should be <laughs> you must have gone through yes <laughs> yes indeed although i don't come across patients as such especially post covid you have people with something or the other but in spite of having you know some or the other health issues they like do i really need to take supplement for this do i really need to work everybody goes through this these days so it it takes lot of you know it takes effort okay. you have got you have got to convince them a lot yeah uh moving to the next part i know you've uh, told us a lot of times that uh, dr hara uh, during my internship i decided that i want to be part of the holistic care i don't want to go into organ specific or a body part specific so i don't want to do so called uh the traditional mindset right the yeah. ms or ms program but now yeah. comes the next question that uh, aspirational a uh, future aspirational or so a person who gave the neat pg this year might think of he uh, dr fatima we have now residency programs in family medicine also right we yeah. have uh, dnb md nb diploma so uh any time any thoughts though i know that now you are into practice and once your practice going back into college doing the residency that you can say i, I will say distract is the right word but that actually derails to a lot yes. your yes. and everything but to someone who is like you the same mindset but junior to you say 8 or 9 years right mm-hmm. finishing internships this year or next year 
and and she is having or he is having the same kind of mindset that you told us so what will be your opinion for that kind of candidate that should he or she should pursue a residence in family medicine or mbbs is sufficient she can do the practice and learn over the years see definitely if you get an opportunity to do uh, you know for the studies in family medicine definitely go for it there is no harm uh, in fact even i had thought after doing fellowship with family medicine that you know maybe i could prepare for mrc gp and then you know it it's like pretty much sufficient but then of course i left it on way uh, definitely go for it but then i won't say that you know waste your years just in case you know just in case you're not able to qualify don't sulk and just be upset that oh no i didn't get what am i supposed to do you could practice see if you're doing md in family medicine you get much more exposure you have a valid mci uh, registration um, you know it's mci valid of course but there is no stopping if you want to practice as a gp it also depends on what kind of practice you want what what are your ethics you can definitely practice as as just plain mbbs also So yeah, actually, option, go for that it. power of plane. To be very frank, na, <laughs> uh, that plane is a very dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> people will hear it because see, whenever you're plane, you have a lot of options. The yes. more you narrow down things, the options also gets limited. To be very limited. True. Actually, true. Yeah. Moving further, uh, now you are currently pursuing a PG degree program in digital health, medicine, and healthcare, which is uh, a new program, completely new. Uh, yeah. From I am Raipur. So, thoughts around it. What made you take up that? Uh, how the course is? Uh, so, uh, when I ventured into with uh, telehealth in December 2020, which was my first full-time job, and by May I was a member of Telemedicine Society of India. And by that time, I knew that you know I want to pursue uh, telemedicine further. Uh, I even got calls from my previous corporate organization to join back. but i was like no i don't want that uh so i was actually trying to you know upskill myself and learn more about uh, digital health because digital health itself is very vast as a practicing physician you have certain guidelines and certain things then you have health it and so many different things that as a person who has done medical studies wouldn't know much so i would you know uh, look out options some course some certification course something that i could do but i never really got option and then uh, the telemedicine uh, society had posted in one of their newsletters about this course uh, of digital health academy and i am raipur um, uh, coming uh, out together so i just went through it and then i saw all the <laughs> list Yeah, that is required to uh, clear the uh, different stages of the interview and selection process so i was not at all sure trust me i was like should i should i not i was in this dilemma but i uh, submitted my form i got selected and i was so unsure i i, I just told you initially also that we underestimate ourselves i really underestimate myself i bought one of the books of our course directors because i was like oh you know what i'm not getting through this it's better i'll buy a book and i'll learn but uh, touch wood things changed um, i got into this and the reason i took up this is first of all it's from iim raipur okay it's itself is such a great institution secondly uh the course directors mr rajendra pratap gupta he's a pioneer into telehealth digital health and so many things and we know that healthcare you know it's adopting technology faster than we could imagine and it's not just about online doctor appointment mobile apps and all these things there is so much more to it so i really wanted to learn about the public policy regulation project management development organization insurance it fields medical devices research all these things so that was the biggest reason i was like really crazy about getting into this program and um i'm really looking forward to learning more and more and we have started our academics with this and <laughs> i feel back first year of mbbs where you are like 
clueless what's going on and it's such a uh, ever advancing field like every day i come across uh, articles on linkedin and i'm like oh my god this is also happening that is also happening so yeah have to yeah. learn a lot yeah yeah uh, moving further a question that everybody by now must be thinking dr fatma you are married you have uh, startups uh, timings to manage them you have a full time commitment to care you are also doing a pg degree in digital health you are part of few societies you run your own alcura family clinic and then also you mentioned that you have a great work life balance uh yeah. in the next two minutes can you tell us that how you make this magic happen <laughs> uh i think i have a very very supportive family uh, my mother in law and my husband really supportive trust me i do cooking i uh, attend whatever family functions we have to and that i can and i give time to my family i i do everything i just make sure that you know i schedule my things i'm a kind of you know crazy about organizing stuff so okay. i always have my schedule plan and i always have a gap period just in case if i need to you know add in some meetings or maybe some consultation so i i have that in fact i'm also thankful to the entire care team care health tech the one which i'm uh, with full time consultant i spoke to them when i was joining iim and i told them that you know even though it's a distance course just in case you know if i have some uh, webinars or something to attend will that be okay and they were so so kind they were like yeah definitely doctor not an issue you could let us know we we'll just figure out a way with your timing so i'm thankful to god to have such amazing workplace people and even family yeah very supportive very supportive yeah uh most but the yeah yeah please go <laughs> no and i think even because my personality is that like i cannot just do one single thing so i think it just keeps me driven because i have a very uncertain um, day schedule maybe i could have 10 consults me maybe i could have just five consults i have some of the other meetings or webinars and classes to attend so it just keeps me on my toes and um, it just keeps me very excited for the day and um, uh, by the way i'm also uh, working with uh, springer's collection with global family doctors uh, in publishing a book on teleconsultation Okay, that's great, and that's another workload, right? Yeah. Do you think it's that you're passionate about it? That's how you manage a lot of things on your table. Yeah, because you're passionate and you're happy. When once you're happy doing what you're doing, you know, everything just falls into place. It just falls into place magically. Agree. And uh, to sum it up, because uh, now it's almost now we have just a fifty to sixty odd minutes, <laughs> and I know the listeners will be now. Okay, Doctor Fatima, just give us. few tips right that if we want to opt family medicine as a long term career a few tips golden tips for them the budding medic uh honestly i don't know <laughs> yeah. any golden tips see i would just say that uh, as a family physician you know don't take it up as a money making business you need whatever feed you can you be a family physician you be a cardiothoracic surgeon whatever make sure you are taking that field up because you are actually passionate about it and you see yourself doing that thing throughout your uh, professional life okay and if you talk about a family physician you are like a family member to the patient you are the one who's going to connect the dots with the patient's past history present so you just need to be true to yourself do not you know let uh doubts creep in your mind that you know maybe someone is doing so much they are achieving a lot you are nowhere just work hard be patient and work passionately be happy with whatever you do and one thing always remember upskill yourself always keep learning not just in medical field any field these days things are just um moving at such a speed that you need to keep up with it you're not going to keep up you're going to fall behind keep upskilling yourself and things will you know just magically happen and if you talk about private practice you'll never be truly ready to jump into that if you want to start your private practice as a family doctor but 
you know every year you'll think that this is not what i thought practicing medicine would be and that is the year when you'll miss out on the joy that is possible to experience in this profession it's not going to be easy but the pride that is going to come from building something yourself is going to be immeasurable so just have the ability to relax be patient and just know that how you want to take care of people itself is going to be empowering and then you'll have the chance to do something that you know slowly shifts medicine in the right direction is going to be priceless so that's all that i have to say because there are really no particular tips this yeah, it's not like that you just do this and after that you do this step it's not a very easy defined path yeah what i want to sum it up but uh, uh, all the people who are listening out uh, just a suggestion a uh, brief suggestion that one of my senior also gave me that the best investment you can make uh, is that in your own education for example dr fatima investing on her own upskilling right secondly is that the career paths which are non linear which are little bit off track they have the maximum potential of growth the reason being nobody knows where you will land no. yeah uh, as people, robert frost yes. had said take yeah. the road less Let's traveled it's <laughs> perfectly thick and uh, yeah it has been great uh, you can say recording with you dr fatima and i hope uh, the listeners will also enjoy a lot and especially the so called plain mbbs tag have a better examples and better inspiration standing apart down the line five years yeah. and just to add audiences dr fatima recently got felicitated uh, uh, at couple of uh, functions and their big shots uh, dr fatima can you briefly tell about that before we sum up uh so i got awarded with the women excellence award uh, 2023 as the most promising family physician and telehealth consultant uh and actually i've also been uh, i think listed with the uh, top 50 india something i i also won one more award and i'm completely clueless about about the title it's not yet official but um, i i let you know about that i can't really recollect No, no, that's um, that 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 seems how much you're focused on your work than going for the next thing, and that's why I also tell the audience that focus more on the skilling part and getting the raw juice out of it rather than focusing on the end result, because that's how uh, you will be driven to work. And uh, let's keep uh, engaging and learning uh, every day. And uh, thank you, Dr. Fatima, for featuring and accepting my invitation on a shorter. uh short notice and uh, taking out your time from your busy schedule it means a lot for my team yep thank you so much dr mishra it has been an absolute pleasure and a great experience i just wanted to say one more thing uh, that you know uh, for every doctor out there shamelessly promote yourself shamelessly put out your achievements i know many people who feel shy even i would feel shy when i would post something any certification i would do or something people would actually make fun of me are what is this you're always doing something or the other and posting why do you make us feel bad i would feel bad when people would say this but don't don't feel bad you have earned it so i someone even told me that you are your best marketing manager no one else is going to do that for you so remember that one thing also Yeah, it's a great tip. Oh, yeah. I hope uh, the young medicals are already doing that from the first day. They have their own channels, own yeah. Yeah. and uh, yeah, things are changing. It's the era of having a personal brand. People recollect from you there. Yeah. Sure. Uh, okay. Have a good time and uh, good night, uh, Dr. Fatima. Thank you. Good night. Uh, and see you, listeners, in the next episode. This is your host, Dr. Hara Prasad, signing. Mm-hmm.